Hello and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and force-wielding Enzillin. I'm short enough to be an Enzillin, that's for sure. Joining me tonight is my lovely co-host and real-life hero. His name is Justin. Boom, 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 boom. Sorry. <laughs> every, every time. You're, we're having some technical issues with Justin's camera a little bit here. It keeps coming in and out. Uh, so sorry. Hopefully, sorry. hopefully uh, you know, he's there, I promise. But how are you doing? I'm, I'm really well. I've been really good since the last time we've been on. Uh, what has it been, like a month or two? Right? It's been a couple months. Uh, Andor ended in November, I believe, yeah. right before Thanksgiving or something. So it's been a few months. Yeah, it's been that, a little while. That's about right, but like... The only thing I have to really update is I, I've started a D and D campaign with the wife. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm a, a this... rock gnome named Flintwick Leaf Whistle, and I'm a bard. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. You look like a Flintwick. Oh, thank you. <laughs> maybe, maybe someday uh, or some minute here, you'll you'll show up on the screen. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. But one really cool thing that i'm excited to announce um if you are watching live you did see the opening video that announced this but if you're listening in podcast land i get to announce that we have a new permanent host joining us on our questing adventures uh you might know him he's on a lot of episodes he has done the uh, book club with us talking about the thrawn series his name is phil how are you doing sir how you doing, guys? Great. We're 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 great. Wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Glad to hear it. Thanks for having me in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lutely. <laughs> um, I'm I'm super excited to have you back, and not only back, but permanently back with us because. You know, you you bring a lot of good stuff to the show, oh. and uh, you keep us um, what's what's keep us honest, knowledgeable you know I mean? too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, legend say... and canon and everything far in between. Knowledgeable with an internet connection, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Phil, what 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 made you want to join our show? You know, uh, there has been so much great, like, new Star Wars content coming out the last few years, and we've got so much more to look forward to that it's it's just fun to get to jump on here and hang out with you guys and talk about it once in a while. Figured I'd, you know, take the opportunity to do that a little more frequently. Heck yeah. And it's great to have you here. Um, it's it's great to have one more person um, to, to just kind of split the load and to have that extra opinion you know we're gonna have we're gonna have guests on this season as well um but this first episode is probably a good episode to not have any guests and just kind of uh do the three of us so um more on that a little later but just glad to have bill uh, another person to geek out with oh yeah man. absolutely absolutely um we did recently talk about the second thrawn book uh, it's called Dark Force Rising. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it. Um, it's wonderful. I have a ton of 
theories and things that are kind of based around the Thrawn trilogy and Mandalorian. And so I love kind of diving into that as we're talking about those books. Um, but go check that out. It's on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts and basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can go check out all of our previous episodes where we talked about Andor and Book of Boba Fett and other Mandalorian. And you can also hear our pre-recorded episodes where we talk about the Hand of Thrawn trilogy. Ooh, such a great book series so far. I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> I know. It's like, awesome, I'm, man. I'm, I'm so excited to finish it. I've been reading along while we record those, so it's it's tempting for me just to read it right now. Well, I mean, you could. No, I just want to read it cheating. again. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as you can see, we're we have a new time and a new place for our shows, and we're going to be live on Sundays at 7:30 Mountain Standard Time at YouTube.com forward slash at Quest Me. Make sure you like and subscribe. Ring that bell to notify every time we are live. And just so you all know, you can find us like all over socials, Twitter, Insta, Facebook. Just search for Quest Me Podcast. Uh, we will throw up links in all of the show notes at the end of each episode as well. Absolutely. What a freaking intro, guys. That's awesome. You guys like are actually saying things and doing stuff. And We're getting is, all official. No words and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, youtube.com slash at questme. It's weird. It's the at sign quest me. For whatever reason, YouTube wouldn't let me like adjust that. So it is what it is. Um, but we are going live every Sunday now instead of Tuesdays. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. Um, but moving right along, I don't think anyone really needs to hear any sort of introduction about Mandalorian or what it's about. We did do an introduction for Andor um, when that show first came out, just to kind of explain what was going on and what we were going to kind of be seeing. But I think this one is just, we just need to go straight into the synopsis. What do you guys think? Go. Hit it. Did you write your own this time? <laughs> I did. Yes! Punch it, Chewy. I did, yes. This yes, is my I did. favorite. Um, so, chapter 17, The Apostate, or for us, the episode name is, Would You Like to Go on a Quest? We meet back up with our favorite father-son duo at the armor's new place of forgery. After an intense battle with a mega gator, the Mandalorian is quested by the armor to repent in the mines of... Mo I mean, the bathe in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. Uh, in order to do this, Mando and Grogu must first go on a side quest to bring back an old friend of the family. Uh, meanwhile, Bo-Katan is depressed and has given up on her quest to restore Mandalore to its former glory. Um, this episode was directed by Rick... F I can never like pronounce this. Rick Famuya? Famuya. 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 He did, he, did, uh, Ooh, yeah. he did Dope and Brown Sugar and the movie Our Family Wedding. It's, of course, written by John Favreau. It Ooh, stars yeah. Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, Emily Swallow, and Carl Weathers. The guest stars in this, which I thought was really cool, um, Wesley Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, All right. was the Is little boy at the beginning. Oh! <laughs> no shit. Yeah. The, the intro kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's interesting. Um, and yeah, Justin, apparently he's newly famous or something. Okay. But, he's uh, famous for had... being a Mandalorian. That's that's pretty badass. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt Frazier was in this. He's in American Horror Story and Nanzo Anozi. Anuzi. He's in Ted Lasso and Conan the Barbarian. So there's uh, not a lot of guest stars in this one. Not like, not like some of the older episodes where you have like all the celebrities that are like, I want to be in Star Wars. And so they dress up in some costume, you know. I mean, I guess we had Taika Waititi reprise his role as IG-11, kind but of. That's just a voice. He had like four lines. And they just repeat it. I, I <laughs> like to imagine that Taika was doing his very best motion capture for Eleven the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree with that. I, I, I just... to God that's the case. Taika, just cr- <laughs> we're going to get some behind-the-scenes photos here in like the next couple of months of Taika just one arm behind his back crawling himself across the floor all Terminator <laughs> style. With like, blue, like the blue screen arms and stuff. And maybe like the Jar Jar head. You remember uh, he, the guy uh, had the giant Jar Jar head that stuck out of his shirt? Have a, oh, man. Oh. I love it. You remember that? I'm yeah, best. When he I, did I the motion capture, yeah. he had the big head that would stick out. So yeah, it's all CGI. Like... <laughs> yeah. Did a wonderful job with that CGI. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> they did. They kind of paved the road for a lot of things. But So it's been almost two years since we got Mandalorian. It's been like a year and a half. Um, It's been a long time. So I just got to ask, like, first of all, before like anything, how stoked are you that Mandalorian is back? Justin, let's go with you first. All right. To stoke the flame, like, I'm so pumped. I've been waiting, to, like you said, almost two years. And so I've been patiently waiting. Haven't been talking trash or anything. I've just been the good fan, just been quiet, saying, "Oh yeah, here's my theories," and boom, they're going to be coming true. We'll get into that later, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's how I feel. Phil, what about you? How stoked are you to have some more Star Wars in your life? Uh, the Mandalorian was kind of a starting point to throw me back into like continually watching star wars stuff so i'm just i'm stoked to have more i mean it's been this way with every new series with andor with bad batch with everything coming out so it's just been it's been good i'm pretty happy to have something new glad to see my favorite space dad back at it well oh, he's such a he's such a good space dad oh my goodness you, you and i was gonna say phil you you said bad batch Bad Batch. <laughs> oh, that struck a nerve in Ooh. Justin for sure. Ooh. Have you watched any of the new season, Justin? I have, and I'm actually liking it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the first season was garbage. It was so bad. But, like, the second one actually has me in. It took it a while to find its feet. I still say it's just filler. It's. I mean, there's filler with maybe a couple little Easter eggs here and there. But to me, that show is just another content sake, or is it just just feeding the crowds what they want? Like, uh, here's the little snack in between Mando and uh, Andor. I'd rather get visions, you know. Give us Star Wars detours from Seth Green. We're getting, we're getting more visions. I know. I hope they do a a runoff story of the Ronin, the very first one. I've been reading that book, and it's amazing. Oh yeah, it is so so good. Absolutely spectacular novel. Mm-hmm. I still need to. I need to get into that for sure. Um, 
But to agree with you guys, I am extremely excited for Mandalorian to be back. Do you, do you guys want to guess on how many times I've watched this episode? Six. Nine. <laughs> nine. I've watched this episode nine times. And a lot of it was because, obviously, we do a podcast about it. Um, but also, I really enjoyed pretty much every scene of this episode. Um, it was such a wonderful draw. Like, you, it, it just... It gave, it, I don't know, it set up so much. And there are so many different storylines that got put into place here that I think can really pay off later in a lot of different ways. Um, before we get too far into it, though, there was some controversy last week about uh, what Dave Filoni said on an interview. Did you guys hear about this or see anything about this at all? No. I had completely missed this. And yeah. now, like, I'm digging through now like yeah so Dave Filoni Filoni apparently said that Grogu had been training with Luke Skywalker for two years before Mando picked him up again yeah how does that make you feel if that's I mean I've I've seen different accounts on Twitter and stuff like that that some people are like oh he just misspoke he doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about and like to that I say nay he's the one that writes it and then I've heard other people like kind of agree with it and and you know are on board with it. Phil, are you like how do you feel about Grogu being gone for 2 years and still being just kind of uh, a baby? Uh I mean the the progress that we had seen him make uh when we saw him at the in the middle of Book of Boba Fett um that honestly kind of tracks that it had been longer than we thought it was anyway um i don't know uh i i will see if uh if filoni and favreau come to an agreement if there's any kind of like ever official like nailing down of where in the timeline exactly that (laughs) falls but i mean i'm i'm honestly kind of fine with it being up in the air uh and kind of kind of nebulous because right now there's not anything else really like dedicated to this portion of the timeline right now so phil 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 uh all right i I have to ask a question but with what you said Uh, what you got uh, um and it was very beginning. You said, like, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, like, you're comfortable with how the timeline is and what Grogu learned from Luke. So I'm like, and I was thinking, I'm like, okay, Grogu just learned how to, like, hop and throw rocks. Is that what you were saying? Like, in that time frame of two years, that's appropriate how much to learn? Well, I mean... But we don't know necessarily everything that he's learned yet. Yeah. Did, did you see him pushing himself around in the chair in Grief Karga's <laughs> office? Oh, I know. And grabbing the Skittle or, or, and or Skittles, M&M. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like... Or Reese's. Do that too. before. He's, Reese's. Got, he's got a little bit of control of his, his force powers right That's, now. That was kind of what I was thinking. It was just we're seeing okay. him exercise more precision, more comfort with his abilities, and I... If I had to hazard a guess, you know, we didn't exactly see a scene of, you know, Grogu running around with Yoda on his back, but or uh, with Luke on his back. 
but <laughs> you know that meme was hilarious <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing uh luke just no so, no trust me this is how it's done uh we didn't see him building his stamina and whatnot that would be required to <laughs> like to maintain everything that he's doing through the force there right. is still like physical exertion required in it right so claire says it makes sense he's clearly speaking in his own way to mando i believe it's a good thing they are making time lapse thanks first of all for uh watching claire it's good to see you um second of all i agree um it's good that they're kind of doing a time lapse and i didn't think about that before that they actually have kind of their own little language that they like not language but they understand each other you know what i mean um and i i like that but again i i think it's cool to see grogu have his had a little more control on his powers um and i i'm excited to see where that goes in the future i mean just from season. the just from the trailer for season three we saw him you know showing off a little bit more yeah so um so at the very beginning of this episode there's a cool scene with the armorer and um on the beach with all the the exiled mandalorians and they're doing like a ritual to bring it looks like a foundling into um the clan and that obviously wesley kimmel's character um is the foundling and in the middle of it before he even gets to say what did he uh something about wasn't it about his helmet i will not remove my helmet mm -hmm. before he even said that to in the vows um the mega gator showed up <laughs> now Rockzilla. i say it's a mega gator to be funny but deep down i'm pretty sure that's a crate dragon uh justin what do you think oh no no <laughs> it, it's like it, that was a amphimorgic evolutionary uh combination of an alligator and like a snapping tortoise yeah, that thing, thing had a turtle huge. shell on top. It, it took a blast. Straight out of Avatar The Last Airbender, man. We got yeah, the crossover it, animals. It was a platypus oh bear. Platypus <laughs> bear, oh my god. No, I'm I'm just messing with you. Um, because you know, you have that whole you want to see a crate dragon this season and stuff. I just wanted to kind of No, no, it's not a crate dragon, it's a mythosaur. Oh, a mythosaur. A You're mythosaur. right. You're right. I keep getting those confused because they're the same thing. <laughs> no, they're not. No, 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 no. One is one is an a, a, a like a Bigfoot, a a extinct character or creature, and the other one is like, yeah, it's a big fucking dragon. And your thoughts are that you want Mando to be riding the Mythosaur, right? Because I disagree. I want Grogu to be riding the Mythosaur with the freaking Darksaber coming in all giggling like he does. That that actually, that'd be really cool. With like some sick <laughs> little Mandalorian armor, you that, know? Yeah, with helmet and the ears hanging out. Yeah. Or maybe he like tucks his ears behind him and ties him in a bow. <laughs> Someone make this. Someone draw this. Damn it. I, oh, I need to see Samurai this. top knot. Just <laughs> yes, with the... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so you know, moving on from this, Mando comes in, saves the day. It's a really cool intro um to Mandalorian and, and Grogu. Um, but basically during this scene when, when Mando's talking to the armorer, he pretty much reaffirms his main quest of uh bathing in the mines of Moria or uh, whatever they're called um but i feel like we might have gotten a new side quest here new quest incoming 
<laughs> oh, that's new. Oh. What's that all about? Is that the sound of us getting a new quest accepted this season? Yes, yeah, so every time Mandalorian or someone in the series accepts a new quest, we're going to play that bumper. <laughs> How many quests can they accept? Dude, have you played video games? Yeah, I know. Have you ever played Borderlands especially? I've been playing just, Hogwarts religiously. You just yeah. have the little queue going up there, man. One, two, <laughs> just three. Just a queue with like... All the different. I'm gonna have to make a, a post. Uh, I'll make a meme with all the different. Like I'll make a Borderlands queue and have all the different uh, Mando quests. <laughs> I've been That'd playing. Be uh, been playing Arkham City again. It's like Ooh. all right. I got oh, yeah. all the little Wayne t- indicators all over Gotham. Just like all right, oh, I where we gotta that. go next. That's, that like gives me life. It's in so games, good. You know when you get all those quests, you're like, oh yes, I'm playing this till <laughs> four in the morning. Um, so I think the armorer has set Mando on a new quest to prove that Mandalore is not destroyed. Uh, man, man, uh, Din Djarin brought in this like cube that kind of shows that someone has been to the surface of Mandalore. And so the armorer is like, well, prove it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Would you guys agree with me? Or am I stretching a little bit here? Let's start with uh, Phil. I I mean, that seems pretty accurate. She's, I think she's not sure about her own beliefs about whether or not you can actually get safely to the surface of Mandalore or not. Um, I mean, clearly someone's there because Din brings in this chunk of glassed planet surface uh that has fresh writing in Mandalorian on it. So something's going on. What about you, Justin? Um uh, it it's a quest that we that the armor thinks is impossible. Or either the planet is, is poisoned or the mines are destroyed or XYZ. But Mando is such a believer and I, I I don't know how if to call it a culture or a religion at this point, but he's a orthodox reli- uh, believer where he has to do this by the code, and then he'll r- r- redeem himself to the the Mandalore way. But I th- it's definitely a quest, and I think it's the overall uh, main quest. Yeah, that it's the main quest of the season. While all these are side. Like, oh, yeah, I think you finish this quest, you get a new character. IG 11 is your side quest character. Well, I think, like, I think his main quest is to bathe in the minds of Mandalore or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, the side quest here is it's like one of those just like automatic side quests that you get where once you show up and you actually step foot on the surface of Mandalore, it goes, Quest completed, turn in to armorer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of where that's at. Um, but like he basically accepts this quest, obviously, and then uh, he runs directly to Navarro. Um, hello, Jazz, in the chat. Thank you for joining us. I know you don't watch Star Wars, so thanks for even just coming and hanging out. Um, and Claire says it's not a religion; it's a creed. A uh, duh. Bo-Katan calls it a cult. Yeah, well, you know, or that sect of. It's like. Catholics and Christians are like one's Lutherans a cult, and one, the other kinda, one's a following. 
No, they're all kind of <laughs> like in the same vein, but they all do different things. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of that. Cult is just a religion that hasn't hit it big yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's all. Uh, I love that. Magnitude. <laughs> oh, that's. I've never heard that before, but I love it. Um, so Mandalorian and Mando and Grogu go directly to Navarro to see Grief Karga, our main man, um, who has made Navarro like a civilized planet. Uh, last time we saw it, it was pretty much in ruins from the Empire. Was it the Empire? Yeah, it was the Empire, like the Empire remnants. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like Grief Karga has uh, kind of picked up the pieces a little bit. Are you... How do you feel about Grief Karga being the high magistrate, Justin? Uh, I think he... Him being the high magistrate is him just stroking his own ego. <laughs> but, to, well, yeah. like, honestly, to see him take, like, a, a podunk country town, like a back alley saltwater place, it, into a New, New Orleans or uh, San Francisco of the outer rim was awesome. So if he wants that uh, acolyte to just say high magistrate, not magistrate, high magistrate, <laughs> like he can have that. <laughs> like that's high magistrate to you, droid. <laughs> it sounds like he built that place and he earned it. Yeah, good old Carl Weathers. Um, we get we get a lot of a lot of exposition here in this in this little. Uh, I don't know what you say, act, I guess, of episode Office one. Scenes. <laughs> yeah, um, Grief kind of offers Grogu, or not Grogu, he offers Mando a job, basically, to just chill. And Mando is so devoted to his cult that he's like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'll just not be comfortable, and I'll just do the the Mando things that, that I want to do. I, I love that Grief Cargo is just like, man, we got land. You helped us out a lot. We can hook you up with the nice spot. (laughs) Get you that beachfront property. We we got a great parcel of land over here. It's 40 acres, has a built-in well. Yeah, and uh, one one thing I really want to bring up with that conversation with uh, Mando and Grief is when he says... um, he he says the little one or he says whatever the whatever and and Mandalorian corrects him and he's like Grogu, his name is Grogu and Grief Karga is like yeah whatever, basically just brushing it off. He's, he's I think he says whatever you say, um, it is my my uh, one chimer of this episode so we'll, get we'll see it later. But but I think I really think that's a subtle jab to the fans that don't like the name and that's the second time they've done this. Uh, Pelimato got it in Book of Boba Fett. Pelimato, what? What? I, I can't recall that one. Uh, just same, same kind of setup. You know, calling him the kid or whatever, and yeah, and R two uh, brings her, brings Grogu to Pelimoto on Tatooine yeah. in the X wing, and when she goes up, she's like, "Oh, look at you!" What does she say? Uh, bright eyes. She calls him Bright Eyes, and then r like, his name's Grogu. And she's like, that's a dumb name. I'm not calling you that. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, fans. Boom. So, yeah, I feel like they, they were just like, all right, fans, you don't like it? Well, I guess we don't like it either, but it is it is what it is. <laughs> so I, I really like that they kind of 
drove that home, you know. If you didn't notice that in Book of Boba Fett, well, here it is now. Um, let's see. Uh, Navarro, there's there's a few things in, on Navarro that we'll talk about in segments, so we can kind of breeze past this. Um, there's some cool pirates. There's some cool callbacks to Rise of Skywalker. But, again, those are... Uh, we're trying to be better this season about not spoiling our segments. So we're just going to move on to the pirate chase, which is the the dogfight in this episode. Um, there's a there's a little bit of a an altercation with grief and these pirates, and on Mando's way out of Navarro, uh, the pirates start chasing him. So, Phil, let's just uh, let's just break this down a little bit. What what were your highlights of the dogfight? Uh, it was a pretty spectacular asymmetrical dogfight. We had Mando showing up against three pirates to start, and then midway through shit, another you know trio of uh, fighters shows up. I, I did I, I admit I did go digging today. I could not find anywhere a uh, name or model. Uh, for these particular fighters that are uh, introduced in this episode, so hopefully we'll we'll get something out of that because I would love to see one of them in Lego. Um, oh, that would be cool. Uh, but one of my initial thoughts was uh, a nice little throwback to the uh, origins of the N1 Starfighter, and I'm just watching, you know, Din's doing oh. his thing, flying through the asteroids, and this. Let's try spinning. That's a great. That's a good trick. That's a that's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he like that. It really shows off the the N one. It does um, in that scene. It really does, and right. it it showcases uh, Din's piloting ability, which we did not really get to see on full display uh, when he had when he was tooling around in the Razor Crest, just because right. you know it's it's not built for that. It was you know tanky. But it didn't have the maneuverability. Raider. Yeah, Justin, if you had to pick, would you pick the Razor Crest or the N one? I knew you would ask me this, <laughs> but I would pick the N one. The N one is so so cooler. It's sleek. It's fast. It's uh, it's uh, silver. It's a hunk of junk at the same time. <laughs> so it's it reminds me of the Millennium Falcon to a degree. But it also has that nostalgic effect of uh, episode one. And like Bill was saying, like I, I loved the barrel roll scenes and the, the climb high with the, the edge of the asteroid and then swoop underneath them. Like that, that just reminded me of episode three and the dog bites that they got in. Different vehicle, but same maneuvers, I thought. And yeah. to see Din uh, maneuver that way, wow. That was impressive. Like it makes me wonder, like, what would Han Solo do in a starfighter? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think he's more based around luck. I think Han Solo is more lucky than he is skilled. I think lucky. Chewie's the more. One skilled can one. argue <laughs> if you're lucky or the force is in your favor. I think, as far as the N one and Razor Crest goes, for a bounty hunter, I feel like you'd want the Razor Crest, right? Because you can actually carry cargo. What are you going to do with the N1? Strap it to the roof? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I think that shows... Uh, I think that highlights just kind of his shift away 
from bounty hunting as his focus and you know just his concern for you know getting grogu around places and getting his own stuff done yeah is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about with this dogfight scene or the the pirates in general again segments man so the other thing that i saw uh coming up was people talking about uh gorian shard's ship itself um people talking about its resemblance to the uh eclipse class star destroyers from uh later down the line and and i can see that it has the the same kind of the hook uh on the uh on the bow of the ship but it's way smaller than you know a star destroyer so i i thought it looked sort of like a hammerhead model but like it it was modified so the eclipse is actually from uh, Legends. It's from the Thrawn trilogy. It's the Katana fleet, like head. It's the lead of the Katana fleet. The Eclipse is, and so this Pirate yeah. King ship is based on that that story. You, you think? I know it is. No, I thought no, it I'm, looked I'm, like more like a hammerhead. I'm reading it right now. Bullshit. I'm telling you, dude. The the Eclipse. The the photo that I just put on the screen, this thing right here, the Eclipse, is the ship that is in the comics. Like, that's what they drew in the comics. And so, later on in the episode, and, you know, we'll, maybe we'll just skip my uh, shot of the show, because this is what it is. That looks and like a hammerhead. Uh, but, so... Again, the the issue gets into scale. So pop that uh, mm-hmm. set, that second okay. shot back up. You, we got here underneath. I mean, you can't see where I'm pointing, but that's a, a <laughs> single person like gunner bubble popping down from underneath. Okay, there. yeah, yeah. Those are it. those are like comparable to the size of the gunner stations on the Falcon. They even oh yeah. So. It's like, like same okay. same kind of basic overall uh, fuselage shape, but way scaled down. The small yeah. freighter instead of a, uh, I mean, massive dredgenaut. Yeah, it, it doesn't make <laughs> sense for a, a sneaky pirate to be running around in a dreadnought. Yeah, but like, um, is that like Baloney and Favreau calling back from the Thrawn series? Bump, bump. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're pulling. Nods. Like, uh, yeah, they're they're nodding towards those things, just like they've been this whole series. <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's go on from there because like, again, there's a, there's a lot of segments, man. Segments. I know, um, I know, I know. Jazz responded with, "Even she knows it's luck." Um, Claire says, "I feel like as a dad, he needs the razor crest as his soccer mom van." Brilliant. I love it. And <laughs> awesome. Laura says, hi, Justin. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hello, Justin's mom. It's great to have you in here. Oh, um, I'm surprised my mom hasn't <laughs> popped in yet. She tried to call me a little bit ago, and I was like, I'm podcasting. <laughs> God, leave me alone and leave it at the door. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let's see. Let's go on. Uh, what do we got left here? Uh, basically, just going to Bo-Katan's palace, right? Um, the Mandalorian castle that they visit. 
Um, Justin, why don't you tell us a little about a little bit about what's going on here with uh, Bo-Katan? Oh, I there. So Mando's approaching this uh, cool-looking, archaic sort of Renaissance castle, but modern Renaissance castle. And he lands and he goes inside and it's, he's starting to approach Bo-Katan, but there's like, it's an empty hallway and there's really no one there. Bo-Katan's sitting lounging in her uh, throne and she's just very depressed, almost defeated or empty and just starts to, I wouldn't say whine or complain, but inform uh, Mando or Din that like, her followers have left her because she didn't come back with the dark saber and yeah you have it but you're not doing anything so here's all my guilt and blame on you and so phil do you think that like she's justified in this because i feel like she just kind of is pouting a little bit she's like i didn't get the dark saber I think that from her perspective, yeah, she's absolutely justified in her behavior. Um, this, you know, she had everything going in her favor. She had a bunch of allies. She had, I know, uh, she had locked down where the dark saber was. She'd figured out, you know, who she needed to take out to get it. And some and nobody from this weird ass side cult shows up swoops in and steals her spot as leader of mandalore without even intending to without realizing what he was doing i'd be pretty depressed too yeah that makes a little bit more sense because at first i was like well i mean you're still kind of a badass you don't have to like give up that easily but she did um and i don't know she seemed very like she does not like din Djarin anymore that's for sure well here's like phil used a wonderful analogy that just triggered this but it's stealing stealing her thunder and he, it was you're right it was on total fluke or accident it just happened to be circumstantial so like i get a feeling that she's bitter about it absolutely but she's not mad with him you know what i'm saying right she's mad at the situation yeah 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 none of none of that you know none of that depression none of that rage is directed at din per se mm, okay yeah, it's... <laughs> i kind of i kind of feel like it maybe just a little bit it was just you know especially the way that she said you know goodbye din jaren at the end you know like <laughs> see and i i read that as I read that as being kind of turned against him only by his presence, you know, that she's not actively like out to get him. Yeah. Because she is willing to part with some information for him at the very least. Yeah. That's Was it true. said just more as a slap in the face then? Didn't charge. Hurt people hurt people, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's true. Fair. Claire says she disagrees. She was salty AF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could definitely, uh, yeah, she could spice up any sort of food with all that salt she's got going on. Um, 
And I, I tend to agree with that, that she's a little more salty. And, you know, I went back. I like doing this thing with these shows where I watch the trailers after the first episode to see what scenes we got in the first episode and what scenes we're still waiting on. And one of the biggest ones that I see is the next kind of dogfight. And it looks like it's Bo-Katan's Mandalorian ships chasing after Din. So I'm wondering if on the way out, she decides, nah, screw you. I'm just going to take you out anyway and sends off some fighters. I don't know that she has enough people to send after anyone at this point. But that could easily change okay. between now and, you know, seven episodes from now. True, true. Um, but we did get a lot of scenes from the trailer in this episode. There's not a lot left from the trailer. So I love that they do that. I love that they pull pull things together from like the first two, maybe three episodes, and then everything else is left to mystery. You know what I mean? They do a great job with, with holding things uh, close to the vest. Um, are you, wait, one second, Josh. Are, are you yeah, talking yeah. about the, the, the Gauntlet Starfighter? Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah no, that's, I figured that was just, you know, her ship that was chilling out there. Yeah, that very well could be. But and maybe she maybe, goes after him. She's like, "This is my chance. I could kill him and take the saber." Now, after seeing that uh, Din is such a badass pilot, maybe he's flying it. No way, because they're chasing after the starfighter, the N one. No, I think that in the in the trailer. Mm, I think it's a mashup thing. Of things. watch it again. Mm. Watch it again well, after the episode, and the next week when we'll we do see. corrections. All right, we'll all right, see. all right. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, let's see. That, I mean, that basically ends the episode. And there are a few notes that I definitely forgot to talk about. But let's go with, let's start with Phil first. Is there anything before segments that you would want to cover? Uh, I only had one kind of complaint about things. I, I felt like we could have, e we should have either done the IG-11 storyline uh, portion of this episode or the Bo-Katan bit and not tried oh. to fit both of them in. It, it okay. felt almost like too many threads getting set down for the first episode, um, yeah. especially considering that the whole thing clocked in at like under 40 minutes. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm really um, glad you brought up IG-11 because first of all... New quest incoming. Yeah, that new quest incoming bumper means that Mando accepted a new quest in this episode, and that is to go get the memory circuit for IG-11, which is, I thought, where he was going, like, at first. Like it, it, I think you're right there in that. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up going to see Bo-Katan. Yeah, and he goes to Bo-Katan, and he's like, I'm ready to join you, or whatever. And it's like, wait, I thought you were getting a memory circuit. Yeah, <laughs> that that part that part of things felt a little off to me. But at the same time, I think I think it was kind of good to lay down all the stories in the first episode, and they can spend the rest of the season tying those up. Oh, you know what I no, mean? definitely, definitely. Um, it just we're not getting like Bo Katan's story on the third episode and getting another quest. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm really hoping that that quest bumper is only used like this episode so you're you're saying that you 
you appreciate that they hit one main quest and then open up a main quest and three other side? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yes. all right. Um, all right. And I think the 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 pirate kind of thing going on is going to have a way bigger... The aftermath, um, you say? Yeah, I think the aftermath of that is going to be way bigger later oh, on. Oh, definitely. Quest. I, I, I love the idea of setting up Gorian Shard as the, the big bad of this season. Yeah, and we haven't uh, we haven't technically accepted a new quest for uh, the pirates. No, yet. he's sort of forced into one. No, pirates' revenge. No, <laughs> he just yeah, but it's not like he got captured and was quested to get out of jail. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, oh god, he's going to get captured, oh, and then we're going to spend I knew the two episodes on this. The freaking N one was going to boost out of oh, there. Yeah. He's been waiting for that trick. Yeah, it was super super cool. Plus, it was Justin... a, it was a chance to show off the sublight booster, yes. uh, which you know fans who for whatever reason didn't watch Book of Boa Fett would not have known about. Which that's kind of a thing. Um, there's a lot of people that didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. Really? And I found last that time, surprising. I was I was really tempted saw... to do a spit take there. <laughs> <laughs> but last time we saw Mando and Grogu, um, if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, was uh, Grogu going off with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So there were some people that were confused out there that were like, wait a minute, what happened? And I think uh, in a way people are starting to get a little bit of Star Wars fatigue in that. They're, they're kind of getting the blasphemy thing going on. Blasphemy. Well, maybe for us. But <laughs> there are people that like Mandalorian but don't give two shits about Boba Fett, you know? Blasphemy. But yeah, yeah well, anyway, yeah. that that pretty well summarizes my real lone complaint about this episode. I I would have liked them to, you know, with IG-11's storyline, it's like, okay, we, we're going to go, he's going to be our guide. He's going to take us, you know, through the mines. And then we immediately cut to the trip to Bo-Katan's place. I was like, mm. to find out where the mines to, are. Yeah. Like, and and I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if they'd done those bits in the other order, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, like kind of flipped it's it. It's like to where he okay, went to first, and then left, and then and then got gone the to find the droid. Quest. Yeah, you know it. And I don't know. We'll I, see. I I see. I like. I you know, I see that complaint and. uh Claire says uh, she was glad that you brought that up because there seem to be a lot of storylines, but she's hoping they are utilizing this as a way to showcase the Ahsoka series, Boba Fett, etc. And I so. agree with exactly what she said. It's going to be a showcase of everything. There's a segment coming up about what you're going to talk about, Josh. That mm -hmm. is a showcase into Ahsoka. There's a, a segment or. I can't remember the one I was thinking about, but um, I apologize. We'll but get uh, there. yeah, it's there's it's leading into the Mandoverse as a whole. Yeah, and tying sort of everything into quote unquote Mandoverse. Boom, the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, and that and that it makes sense that they're setting up a lot of stuff. There's so many storylines for them to go. They don't even have to complete all of the storylines in this particular season. They could do it any other time you know um so again it, it, with all that setup did you have any other notes justin that you wanted to bring up before segments um 
Just a, a couple of Easter eggs that I've noticed, or I, I think I've connected, and it appears that other fans have. But the 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 tree monkeys, do you guys? See? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. I, I I don't know what their true names are. I Maybe don't Bill does. either. Bill? The the little pet huh? Jabba's little pet. Jabba's little pet, the tree monkey. The the Kowakian uh, lizard monkey. Oh, there you go. See. Of course, of course, he knew what it was. Well, I love this is you, why you're here. Uh, the one <laughs> specifically, the one that lived in Jabba's palace was Salacious Crumb. He had this a guy. Name. Yeah, this guy, man. <laughs> um, this the the other thing uh, that was the chopping droid that we saw in uh, Book of Boba Fett. Yes, the the chef. The yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it looked like a street merchant. Yes. Selling um uh. uh meat and food it was cool yeah no doing it yeah he, uh, he went from working in a restaurant to just having his own little uh he's got cart, his own place now. Star cart. <laughs> yeah he, he's chilling he's he's living the good life uh That's and then awesome. um i i noticed they did a stop motion or sort of a uh a, a can or a nod to a cameo of a white c-3po droid oh yep and yep. like yep. I, I can't remember his specific name, but like he's in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on Hoth and in a, a lot of the Lego Star Wars. But no idea what his name is. But they they spent a certain amount of camera time on him specifically, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, K three PO. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. K three PO. Yeah. How original! I know. Blame, blame <laughs> Wikipedia for that one. I did. Did Anakin build that one too? <laughs> <laughs> he just had A through Z three PO droids. <laughs> the hell! Um, so there's, I, I I picked up four different storylines in this. Um, if if I'm wrong, correct me. But I got the pirates, the bathing scene, the Mando war, uh, IG eleven. I guess five and the dark saber. Uh, no, you can't ca- count the dark saber. That I mean, you kind of like sort of he's going to use the dark saber to As to uh, rule Mandalore unite. and finish the Mandalore War. I, I think he's going to eventually uh, reunite the Watch. You know, with the the main uh, group of Mandos. You know, bring the uh, bring the two factions together. That makes sense. I like that. But you know, um, what would be long term goal? Yeah, I, I see that. What would be your guys's most anticipated storyline to fa- see what plays out this season? Let's start with Justin. Oh, I would say. All right, here here's a uh, uh, a storyline you didn't even mention. I, I want to see what's going to go happen with him in uh, Grief Karga. Okay. Like it, this is super long term. This is like end of series, but like maybe he, Mando takes him up on the the Western uh, proposal of home. I have forty <laughs> acres and a mule, and this is the best thing ever. This is fertile land. Like that is the ultimate cowboy ending. What, what you're alive, you have your family, and you're thriving off the land. What else could you want? That that really would like solidify the series as a space western yep um i mean they did with the standoff 
they had to throw the standoff they in, did. in this episode. They absolutely a, did. And it was a wonderful standoff. Dang, Jesse's really going to appreciate that one, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what about you, Phil? What's your most anticipated storyline? Um, just within this season, uh, if you can't tell by the fact yeah. that I have changed up my backdrop for tonight, uh, <laughs> I'm here for the pirates. <laughs> I want to see where this goes. We've got a new set of antagonists and they now have personal beef with Mando. And I mean, <laughs> those of you listening phil just put on a sick hat it's a nice pirate hat um and if you're just listening and not watching the youtube live you should definitely join us on sunday so you can see these fun little things that we do you can't um, do that in a podcast a it's a visual medium it's an audio <laughs> Um, excellent, excellent choices though. And the pirates, they're going to come up a lot in these segments. Um, I will tell you my most anticipated storyline, but I'm going to do that in our first segment. He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. So some of our segments, uh, the videos have changed a little bit. The audio has not changed very much. Um, but those of you that have listened to us Frequently, you know that that is the sound for Boba's Bounty, the part of the episode where we choose our favorite new uh, character, ship, gun, whatever, our favorite new thing introduced into live-action Star Wars. So, to complete the last question, to answer my own question, I'm going to start off the uh, Boba's Bounty by talking about my favorite new uh, thing introduced into the series. And, oh my goodness... I cannot even tell you how stoked I am to see <laughs> space whales. Um, what is, what's their what's their real name, Phil? Justin Pergil. Pergils. Pergils. Okay. So. Oh, they look so cool. Let's just talk <laughs> about this for a second. Um, I put up a, a poll online earlier this week asking uh, who you think is going to be introduced into live-action Star Wars this season. Um, last season, we got Luke Skywalker. The season before that, we got... Uh, who did we get? I mean, Grogu. We got introductions to everyone. You Ahsoka. Know I mean? like the, so. now, Ahsoka was in two as well. Um, but there's always some... Uh, Cad Bane was in Book of Boba Fett. So there's always something coming right. from cartoon media coming up into live-action. Now, last time we saw Space Wells was when... Rebels. Rebels. And what were they doing? They were uh they they were being con- like swayed by Ezra and they grabbed Thrawn and they zoomed off into hyperspace. Yes, because these space whales are actually able to travel uh at hyperspace speeds. And so what happened was Ezra used his force powers to talk to animals and called these space whales to take Thrawn and his ship and blast them out to the Outer Rim. Now, those of you that have read the Thrawn series or the Outbound Flight books um, or any of those, you know that Thrawn spent a lot of time in the Outer Rim before he came back to a broken empire. So, hear me out, right? I think that in this season, this the, my my what I want is to see Thrawn on 
in live action. What I'm going to get, I think, is Ezra. I think we're going to see Ezra come into this, and I think these space whales are the kind of foreshadowing to that. Now, I dug deeper into this because I'm fucking crazy, and that's what I do. Um, if you listen to the music that's playing during this scene where uh, Grogu is looking at the space whales, it is almost identical to the music that is playing when Ezra calls the space whales in Rebels. They have this, it's in the same key, they have the same note structure, and it is very, very similar. All that being said, I think Ezra's going to be popping in to this series at some point in time, and that is why the Space Whales are my Boba's bounty this week. Let's go to Phil. What is your Boba's bounty? Tell us about this man. <laughs> All right. All right. This, this is Vane. I love this guy. Um... I just I think he's cool. Uh he is and who who is Vane? Like what what he, what is what does he do? So this guy shows up with his crew of pirates. Uh because you know, if you hadn't guessed, he is himself a pirate. Uh Vane Arr. shows up on Navarro to come uh settle some issue with Grief Karka. And we don't know who this guy is. This is our first time seeing him. Uh, he introduces us to the character of uh, Gorian Shard, and he is—he's um, uh, just here to start shit. He—he <laughs> uh, he tries to, you know, start a fight with Karga because Karga won't let him go drink in the bar that his, you know, boss helped them build. Funding lies, and Karga's like, "No, man, we we turned it into a school." come drink with me in my office. And Vane's just like, nah, we're going to drink where we want to drink. And shit goes down. He gets his gunshot out of his hand. And then the rest of his crew gets stomped on by Karga and the Mandalorian. Just wrecked, dude. And it's like, not only do they get beat once, but then they get beat again in space and in like spectacular fashion. Yeah. I, I thought it, I thought it was interesting that he, or Bane, now that I know his name, he was complaining about how he, Mando gunned down four of his men in cold blood. That wasn't well, cold blood. They, I mean, they were was. drawing their weapons. Come on. That's, yeah. So that's fair game. Yeah. No. And, Sounds uh, like a pirate gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> he's telling it the way he's going to tell it to Gorian Shard to get the boss man to bring down all of his weight on Karga and Mando. Yeah. I love that pick for uh, Boba's bounty. I think it is perfect. He was a wonderful character to be introduced. Um, before we move on to Justin's, Claire says, thank you for being a music geek, Josh. I noticed so many similar things. The key signature, the time signature, riffs are like identical. Glorious! Exclamation point, exclamation point times two more. Glorious. See, even she knows that this is what's going on. I'm not. I'm not crazy, guys. I'm I, not. I don't think <laughs> you're crazy. It, I just didn't. I'm not at that that attentive to detail. 
I was so excited. I texted a bunch of people that night, like, dude, you don't even understand. Like, my girlfriend was like, okay. Well, we all know <laughs> they're Pergil. That's obvious. Well, yeah, but I mean, the the, the what it to see the score what, like be yeah. parallel to the other one. That's cool. Can, it's it's like in episode one when we first get those little little hints of the Imperial March thrown into little Anakin's yes. theme. Oh yep, yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, but enough enough of that talk. We we talked a lot about that, and there's going to be so much more of that through this season, I am sure. So Justin's Boba's bounty. Tell us about this guy. Oh, the the seaweed. Uh, Davy Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, Kelpie looking like Harry Potter, everything universe, pirate captain in one. What is the name? Uh, King Gorian Shard. Pirate King Gorian Shard. Oh, man. This guy's cool. He's so interesting. Like, he's a pirate king. Like, that signifies a lot on its own, let, like, let alone a whole other hierarchy of pirates. That is sweet. I didn't realize there's a hierarchy of pirates. But his species, I, I've never seen that species. And just what you were joking about earlier, yeah, he looks like a Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean. But like when I first saw him, and uh, my wife and I are also Harry Potter uh, universe nerds, but uh, it looks like a Kelpie to me, which is like that... Uh, uh seaweed seahorse thing from um uh one of the new movies i'm sorry uh the uh fantastic beasts yeah fantastic beasts and where to find them it's from that one but uh it looks like a combination of all of those in one and it leaves the 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 mysterious of there's pirate king that means there's a bunch of pirates who all hail to a king you know what pirate probably doesn't hail to the king though? Hondo. Hondo <laughs> was the Hondo was the other um like most voted on character that people want to see or think will come That's in. my vote. Man. That is totally uh, my vote. Only only if Jim Cummings comes back to voice him. Dude. He's <laughs> <laughs> so That's, awesome. He did he did it at uh uh, uh Disneyland at at the ride, <laughs> yeah, because they made of a, a live action uh, like pot, or ro robot. Hondo, you got animatronic. But it was Hondo. his voice, but it was his voice. Nice, nice. Um, I as soon as these pirates came in, I was like, oh shit, Hondo's coming in for sure. There's no doubt in my mind that Hondo's going to well, show up here's, at some here's point. Here's my simp simplifi uh, simplification: why Hondo's going to come in. They okay. they drop the Pergil, and I think that's their one nod towards Thrawn and Ahsoka and whatnot. And who's the other character that every Rebels fan wants to see? Introduced, who's not huge, but means a lot. He's on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, Hondo. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've been wanting Hondo. I, thought, I, I wanted Hondo in Book of Boba Hondo. Fett. I wanted to see Hondo in Andor. Like I just want to see Hondo in live action. Just, just give it to me, Hondo. What is, in, what is his race? All in my face. Kweeway or something. Hondo Weekway. is a weak way. Weak way. Oh, Hondo's so Hondo's a weak way. Uh, Vane is a uh, Nikto. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah, know, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, we saw so. those guys during the uh, big battle. There was a Jedi Master 
who died on Ryloth, uh, helping defend the Twi'leks uh, during Clone Wars. One of the the Jedi Masters who died there uh, was also a Nikto. Was it I'm a gun die? Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean. <sighs> I have never put that together. Oh I've no, always, dude! I've dude. always pronounced it as "I'm a Gundy." <laughs> no, I, 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 I always thought I'm it was, a gun die. I'm a gun die. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, he was, he was doomed from the get go. But uh, <laughs> I'm a gun die, dude. But here's the thing, okay? I, I'm really bad at that. Putting that. Look, I can put music together all day long and some other weird things, but. I'm a go and die. I never put that together. <laughs> I also I was playing Pokemon Go earlier today, and it was like Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. This is a funny little story, um, but I never realized that Hitmonchan is probably Jackie based Chan. from Jackie Chan, and Hitmonlee <laughs> is probably based from Bruce Lee. You didn't um, I have played that game for <laughs> most of my life, and I. Mind blown today. And we <laughs> get a time machine from 1995. And so that's the third wow. time now that my mind has been blown about something that I probably should have caught on to a long time ago. I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yes, Jazz, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. Yeah, hey, if you ever watched her was that Pokemon, like that's <laughs> was that new to them too? I don't know. Man. I always I was... knew it was Jackie Chan was... and Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Jazz Lee's the, the Bluey, kicker. So... Jack, Jackie Chan's the the hands guy. The drunken box. Just dude, even him on the in, in Pokemon Go when you're going to catch a Hitmonlee, <laughs> he's standing there like Bruce Lee, <laughs> and like it just... ready to kick you. Dude. Anyway, let's move on to our next segment, which most people would be familiar with. Uh, we brought it in in Andor. It is the One Chimers part of the show where we discuss our favorite uh, one line. I mean, most of the time it's a couple lines, but it's our, our favorite line of dialogue from each episode. Um, so... I am not gonna go first this time. Let's have uh, let's have Justin go first. Let's uh, let's hear one chimer. No, 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 like after the three day uh, no spoiler ban, everyone started posting literally that clip. And luckily, my genius self, not to toot my own horn, but do the loot to do, uh, I created a, that meme of uh, uh, Babu and uh, what is it? Uh, baby or uh, Grogu. Oh, yeah. And did. that lady screaming and pointing and him just. Like, I, I post that, and uh, I got denied a few times by a few people, and they're like, oh, it's too early. It's, it's before the three-day. But then after that, it was allowed, and I was so happy. But uh, that was so funny to me. And then just Dude. to end it with, bad baby. Bad baby. That's the one-chimer. <laughs> that that literally is the, the cherry on top, the one-chimer. 
the one timer bad baby. bad baby i i love that so before you sent me your one my original one chimer was the beginning of that scene where the Anzellans are like and broken it's broken you know work oh. oh no you're broken <laughs> like that i just i love the way that they communicate and the way that they uh they interact with mando it's it is great and i was so excited to see them be brought back in um, it looks like Phil's having a little bit of Wi-Fi troubles, so I'm going to go ahead and play my one-chimer. Thank you, Justin. Um, it's I'm, it's good. You know, even though I'm not a fan of Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker, um, it's it was still a, good to see those things kind of It was a cool be... callback. It really yeah. was. Like, hey, yeah. we don't really necessarily agree with this, but here's a key character we like. Right, and he was my favorite part of Episode Nine. Yeah, he was. When you know he was messing with C three PO and stuff like I, I thought those new characters in that movie were my favorite by far. So um, let's uh, while Phil's getting all set up, I'm gonna go ahead and play my one chimer. Grogu, come again. His name is Grogu. If you say so. Come. So we briefly talked about that earlier in the episode. Um, Basically, Grief Karga just brushing it off that Grogu has a name. He's like, oh, if you say so, I, I guess. Like, Again, I think that's a, a nod to the fans being like, what a stupid name. And I appreciate them doing that more than once. And I hope that they do it more because uh, that's fun. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that because we did talk about it for a minute in our actual show. So Phil's back. Phil's back. It's great to see you back. I'm I'm excited to have you back. Excuse me. We're going to have you play your one chimer and talk about this guy. And this is your enemy proximity warning indicator. Hang on, kid. We got pirates. <laughs> so we've got a single dad out trying to teach his kid to drive. <laughs> 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 oh lord i didn't see it like that <laughs> and, and I, as as a parent uh that is just his tone of voice in that line is just the most uh, it's just the the defeated dad it's just oh hang on kid we got pirates <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like trying to teach a kid how to drive and you get pulled over and you're like, oh crap. Pull over really quick. Let's deal with this, I guess. Yeah. I didn't even that's hilarious. I did not look at it that way. Yeah, I know. That was but yeah, that was either. my my whole just I I had to go back and rewind that scene after that first came up because it's just like the the tone shift when he says, and this is your enemy proximity warning indicator <laughs> <laughs> of course perfect. here we go this perfect delivery um i i love that everything after that when you see grogu in the cockpit with mando and stuff like anytime grogu's in the cockpit with mando it's one of my favorite the way scenes. he the way with he loads the way he pushes up under the belt he's like Yes, scooches his way up yeah. under the seat belt. It's like I'm here now. It's so adorable. And then yeah, being got... pushed back down as he starts to it, slide it, up it, into front of Mando's face <laughs> as they're spinning. It's just that is a that's so <laughs> that's such a typical toddler move. Like I could just see that, like me laying in bed or on the, the on my couch, and then 
my uh, Audrey, my daughter, just coming up and nuzzling under my arm, and uh, me waking up in the middle, like, like, what the fuck? Okay, all right. Yeah, when he gets all scared and he goes and nuzzles up with with Amanda, and then when when they're doing the dog fight and he's in the cockpit and he's like giggling. And like I, every time Mando goes on a killing spree, Grogu's just like, "Yes, more murder, please." I desire violence, father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, first season when they're like sniping uh, the the bounty hunters or whatever, and Grogu's in his little pod, and he's just like, "Yes, more." <laughs> when it. he's on the bike with IG Eleven. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so wonderful. All right, all right, here's a random theory. Maybe that's him enjoying the dark side. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's not training with a uh, Jedi anymore. Like Maybe. he's he's definitely got dark side tendencies. He almost committed genocide on an entire frog colony. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that is totally true. For want, for want of a he was hungry. The frog people. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have his chicken nuggets. <laughs> He needs some froggy nuggies. And blue chalky milk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is the rise of evil Sith Grogu. Oh, man, I'm down. I'm kind of down, to be honest with you. Phase four, Star Wars. Oh, or be wonderful. phase five. <laughs> but I love Grogu, and I'm I'm just... It's so refreshing to see more of Mando and Grogu and, like, their fun little adventures. You know, it's... It's great to see what they're doing with that to keep it fresh, you know, to keep to keep us being like, oh, yeah, Grogu. Oh, oh, look at him. He's in the cockpit. Oh, my God. Like and the way that he like he comes out of the N1 like a freaking droid in his little pod is just awesome. I, I just can't I can't get enough of it, man. It's it's one of my that, favorite. That things. begs the question, like, how does he snuggle up to uh, Din? When they're both secured in air, air locked. He's, he's still got a little tunnel underneath there. He just comes up behind. He just comes up behind his seat. Yeah, he gets lowered into the. I, I would assume that his pod is like lower in the ship, and that he gets kind of like he drops into and that. We see we see a bit in uh, in the trailer of a droid of a an astromech going up into the socket. So I mean, there's still obviously a, a way in and out through like the lower fuselage of the yeah. ship uh for like his yeah. pod to come out too so one thing i'm extremely excited about is to see his new pod and to see what it's capable of because in the trailers we kind of see that it got a little bit of an upgrade so uh the the very beginning of this episode when uh the armorer is creating that helmet i thought it was a new pod oh i thought she was making like a beskar pod for him oh Honestly, I thought she was making a helmet for Grogu. Well, I mean, at first I thought it was a pod. Then I was like, a helmet for Grogu, cool. He, he's a youngling, even though uh, uh, Mando is an apostate. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how that works, though. I wonder if younglings are apostate with their apostated dads. I don't think so, but I don't know. My, my initial thought with the armor scene was that we were getting a flashback to when Din was first um, initiated. But then, obviously, you know, he comes in and saves like, everybody. Like so. a past scene? I, I would agree yeah. with that. Like, there was a lot of thoughts during that scene. Just like, the size of the, the number of people in the covert. Uh, right. The fact that, you know, Paz Vizsla was there and wasn't visu- visibly, like, trying to kill Din. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point. There was a lot of different things that could have happened there. Um, I love this. This is great. Claire says, this is my point with the N1. There's no practicality for him being a single dad. I think we'll see him get a new ship. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I'm, I'm always down oh. for new ships in Star Wars, you know? Yeah, he's got to have something for Grogu to learn to drive on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, l- learn to drive on the Corvette rather than the, the SUV. I, I would totally take the N1 because he's not a bounty hunter anymore. He doesn't need yeah. the, the storage space. He has Grogu in a compartment for him, and it's totally kosher. All right, so let's move on to our next segment, our final segment. Well, there's two more segments. There's a rating segment, but then this segment, um, this one, uh, well, I'll let the video speak for itself. Right, it is the Sarlacc killer scene. It's the part of the episode where we choose our favorite still shot of the Mandalorian season three episode. Phil's got his nice little Lego. Uh, I guess it's the fire spray is what it's called now. It's not called the slave one anymore. It's called the fire spray. So um, I I love that though. That's awesome. Um, also, that is a new video. It's a new segment video. I was uh, pretty excited about that one. I had a lot of fun making that one. Um, and I love the noise of those bombs, so I had to find a way to incorporate that in the seismic. The yeah. Oh, there was a uh, I can't remember if it was a video or a funny meme that said, uh, "If you, uh, how do I put this appropriate? <laughs> I don't know, Josh. Uh, all right, all right, I'll make it up. Uh, if you stub your toe, what would the the Star Wars sound be?" And I said mine would be the seismic bomb or the seismic <laughs> detonator. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> so we started with Justin on the last segment. So let's start with Phil on this segment. His Sarlacc killer scene comes in at the 18 minute and 28 second mark. Tell us about this scene, Phil. All right. So we have seen High Magistrate Grief Karga. We have seen his fine new cape. Uh, and we have seen that there's something going on with the little train there behind him. And in this scene, we first get our real good look at these two little droids that he's got following him around uh, that are holding up his cape. And my immediate first thought was because I love uh, Matt Groening's uh, disenchantment. Uh, my first thought when I saw them was, oh, my God, Grief Karga got Vip and Vap. (laughs) 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 Uh, For those of you who have not seen Disenchantment, King Zog uh, has these two little guys who are scale wise about the same size as these droids. And they run around holding up his cape and keeping it from getting caught on shit. Okay, and see, their I, names are Vip and Vap. I've only watched one episode of that, so I I didn't really know. I thought I literally thought those were the droids' names when you sent them to me. Uh, as oh, far as I'm concerned, awesome. as far as I'm concerned, that's Vip and Vap. <laughs> Justin, I feel like there's a new meme you need to make. I I will try. I'll, I'll make a comparison, but <laughs> perfect. I love that. I, those droids. I thought it was hilarious when they like showed the view of them carrying his cape. He's mm-hmm. so extra. 
he is creating jobs. <laughs> like, it, it, is that ego or pretentious? Just Probably a little bit of both. Leading out him. A little of both. Little I'd practicality. Both. Like, you don't want that. You don't want. <laughs> he no doesn't kinks, want a man. You don't want a cape getting caught in a jet engine. Well, Lando has a small cape. I like a small cape. If I could walk around with a cape and a sword, it'd be a samurai sword over over my shoulder and a cape over the other one. Yeah, but I mean, Lando, as seen in Han Solo, in Solo, Lando's got like a whole closet full of capes just on board the Falcon. Yeah, he's a stylish motherfucker. I kind of want a cape to closet, him. to be honest with you. That'd be tight. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Vip and Vip Vap, man. <laughs> excellent, excellent pick. I love it. Justin, let's move on to your Sarlacc killer scene. It comes in at the seven minute mark. Tell us about this scene. Oh, this is uh, the first, this is uh, the initial first scene of the the Croczilla going Croczilla. angry on the uh, Mando clan. Mega Gator. Yeah, right? Is Gatorzilla. And it's the N one just flying up and over, and this is the first point or first person point of view of it approaching on the croc. And right after this, it's the 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 proton torpedoes. And I I I, I think I'm using the wrong terminology. Yeah, there. I think you're yeah. going into no. Trek verse. That may be making Jesse Bailey. Speaking happy. of blasphemy. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's the the proton something going off the the same ones from uh, episode one, hitting the side of the croc and just decimating it. Yeah, guts everywhere. I know that like the the what is that the second time we got to see star like guts from an animal in Star Wars? Well, I mean, if you count Empire Strikes Back, that's one. If you count uh, Mandalorian season two, that's two. When they beat that whatever is that that one's a crate dragon i think right yeah that's a, that's a crate i dragon. think that, yeah. there was a lot of guts involved there oh are you talking about the tauntaun, tauntaun <laughs> that yeah. was what he was taught talking uh, about the, the an empire yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not uh not the inside of the space worm because we saw guts there too that's right. true i mean that's technically true. technically but i don't think we ever really saw red guts uh i.e intestines flying around in the air <laughs> looked 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 like a, a scene out of the uh what is that tremors movie tremors yes <laughs> what a wonderful movie that was kevin bacon is a national treasure a god <laughs> excellent pick i love that scene um i always they, they had a lot of really cool shots in this episode that being one of them um and that battle scene with the mandalor mandalorians were um was really cool there was a couple like cameras on top of the helmet scenes where they're like flying up and you can see below them as they're jetpacking away the really cool cinematography in this episode for sure um, really that, well done yeah that scene was definitely uh no exception so um my sarlacc killer scene uh we talked about it a little bit earlier it comes in at the 28 minute and five second mark it is the pirate ship also Known as the ship from uh, the Thrawn trilogy, Justin, look it up. I'm telling you, go and just, just, just I believe look you. Look it up. The Eclipse is what it is called. <clears throat> um, and I just I love the scene where the the space opens up, 
and he comes flying into this giant ship and he's like, oh, God, really? Come on now. They're locking on to it. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'm just going to leave. <laughs> he's like, I really was going to kill that dude, but I'm just going to leave now because I don't want to deal with this. Um, and I love his little advice to to Grogu as soon as as soon as he's like, you know, the, the pirate's like, come aboard and I'll let you live. And Mando's like, never trust a pirate, kid. And then they shoot off into hyperspace. I, I thought that was a really cool ending to that, to see this giant ship and then for them to to get away like that was really cool and you know good advice yeah good advice absolutely never trust a pirate for sure um but awesome segment picks um i am super excited for the rest of our season and for the rest of our segments to uh to come as we do these shows so we have one final thing to do and of course it's the tuscan raider it's the part of the episode where we rate this chapter of Mandalorian. So let's start with Justin. What would you rate chapter 17, The Apostate? All right. For it being a shorter episode, tying a few different uh, new quests into the plot line and being an overall solid intro, I would give it a good eight just because like it, 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 it hit the necessary points of where I wanted the episode to be, especially as a season opener, but it just went a little bit far further and beyond. And then, then uh, I would honestly give it an 8.5, but an eight just because the, of the time. I spent less than 45 minutes of my life into it. I want at least an hour. <laughs> well, we never, we never get that in Mandalorian, man. It's I know, I know. Episodes. One can hope. But all right, eight for Justin. Phil, what about you? What's your rating? Uh, well, I mean, I think I talked pretty much at length about the uh, issues I had with the uh, number of threads that we got in this episode and the ordering of the IG-11 uh, versus the Bo-Katan castle sequences. Uh, that aside, it was a pretty solid welcome back. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more maybe of in a recap at the beginning uh, just to explain that, yeah, Grogu's back with Din. Um, but I'd still say overall probably an eight. All right. Sweet. Um, Josh, so, what did, what did you so give we got it? two eights, and I am gonna give this episode a nine point five because what? I'm a, because I'm a homer. And you gotta bring I, it back a little bit, man. You gotta bring it back. I did bring it back a little bit. I almost gave it a ten. All right, what? but I but I know that there's gonna be better episodes this season, <laughs> and that there's gonna be something worth a ten, right? This created a, like a nine point five anticipation in your pants. Uh yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, all right. It, it it is subjective. Um, so, and I mean, look, the like I said, the only reason I didn't give it a ten is because I know that there's going to be a better episode this season, and I know that I'm going to give some episode a ten point five or a eleven, and you know that's that's just that's. 
I, that's the whole reason. I, I love the setup. I love the cinematography. I love the music. Um, Ludwig von Gorenson did a, a phenomenal job again with the score. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The the characters in this always great. Grief is is you know Carl Weathers has really embraced his character. Um, Din Djarin, Pedro Pascal is a freaking treasure. He is all over the place right now. Last of Us has been a wonderful show. Um, obviously, Mandalorian is great. And he just, you know, the way that he expresses himself without actually using facial expressions is incredible. So, again, this this is my favorite Star Wars property um, as of right now. It has been my favorite for a minute. I, I love everything about it. So a 9.5 for me. Which brings our total episode rating to an 85% for this week, which I think is really good. Um, Jazz says it's damn good and that you're a 10, Josh. Aw, thanks. You are a 10, thanks. Josh. You're, you're, a, you're an 11, Jazz. That's, that's what you are. You're off the charts, off the chain. Um, <laughs> but I think that is going to do it for this uh, season premiere of Quest Me, this episode. And again, I just, this is great. I'm so excited to get back into the saddle and to get back to podcasting about what, what I love. Um, and what and we love, what, what we we're love, all here together you know? as star Wars geeks and nerds. Yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> so I, you know, there, there are plans in the works for after this season, this is only an eight episode season. So I think, um, we are going to continue doing quest me, uh, even oh, yeah, after even after Mando's done, um, even in between seasons, I, I really would like to continue talking Star Wars on a regular basis. So um, as time goes on, we're going to figure all that out. But uh, Justin, uh, did you have anything? I uh, just want to reiterate that, uh, again, we will be live on Sundays around 7.30 Mountain Time. And we'll be right here at youtube.com slash uh, forward slash at questme. If you want to take us a look, take a look at us uh, after the editing of all this madness that, that Josh puts a lot of work in. You can get us at a, any kind of a streaming uh, device, especially Spotify. Go under the podcast and uh, search quest. And uh, Phil, tell us about next week. What's going on next week? I am stoked. So next week, we have Jesse Bailey from Open Pike Night coming on to talk about episode two, uh, chapter 18 of The Mandalorian. And it's going to be great. Hell yeah. Jesse is the original quester. Jesse and I are, he's the one that helped me start this show. Um, and it's always good to have our resident Trek fan on the show. Uh as as much shit as I talk about Jesse, I really do appreciate him and his uh, subjective, objective point of view. Absolutely, um, he's kind of newly he's a he's a new celebrity among us as well. I know, um, relatively speaking, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about that and talk about what he's been up to in Open Pike Night next week. Um, but all that being said, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok just by going at quest me podcast um thank you all again for joining us this week claire jazz laura anyone else that was in the in the uh video watching us um jake i'm i'm sure the other the other jake was here as well there was i, I thank you so much for hanging out with us and and watching us and chatting with us um like justin said we're gonna be here next sunday same place same time 
So for Quest Me, I have been your host. And I'm Justin. I'm Phil. And of course, my name is Josh, and we are going to talk at you next week. May the Force be with you.